right, folks, welcome back into Behind the Yellow Line. We have got a special guest joining us again here. The first time, in fact, on this show that a guest has come back. So he's not scared you away, and we're happy to see that. Alexander Hall with Cubs Weather joining us from uh, the Northeast tonight. How are you doing today? Uh, well, I woke up to thunder, so as a weather nerd, that's a good sign that you're on to a good day. Uh, was out with my dog this morning. Phone died, so no radar. I looked to the west, see a dark cloud coming over the harbor, and I'm like, hmm, that contrast is a little bit too saucy for me. And then, of course, like seconds later, flash goes off, dog starts running. I'm like, okay, it's time to get out of here. Well, your dog, your dog has radar, clearly. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I've got her hooked up to radar, radar scope. But uh, anyway, yeah, doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, avid fan of the pod and listen to your episodes, and you guys are great to listen to. So great to come back. Well, I appreciate that. We all do. And we appreciate your forecasts. Uh, it's been especially sort of top of mind here this April. We didn't even know if we were going to get April baseball, the way that that lockout was going as far deep into March as it pushed. But I'm so thankful. And I'm so thankful for your Twitter account, in particular Cubs weather, because it's been needed here this April. There have been rainouts, there have been postponements, there have been rain delays, all this stuff. And I know if I look at, at Cubs weather, I'm going to know what the radar looks like. I'm going to know what's coming and I'm going to know the likelihood of a team getting a game in. So you're doing some good work and it seems to be resonating with the audience. Yeah, we try to stay up on it uh, as much as we can, especially like, you know, there was a stretch there where it was like every game it felt yeah. like there was going to be some kind of issue. Um, so those are always fun. And uh, the Cubs have really surprised me this year with some of their flexibility and uh, I think the Cubs have put themselves in a position to have a better April than they would have as far as like the schedule could have backed up on them quite ba badly, mm. uh, especially with the tighter schedule this year and less off days and all this. So they've done a really good job. I've been really impressed with them. Uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting uh, April. There's definitely been a lot of storms to track and it's definitely a affected the Cubs uh, for sure with, uh, you know, snow early in the month and that game versus Milwaukee, which seems like it's, it's getting to be almost like an annual occurrence. We're at, like having an annual snow game at this point. Well, it, it seems um, like the, uh, the weather gods are big fans of uh, toying with Craig Council. Anytime the Brewers come in there's always going to be some kind of, of weather going on will it affect the game will it not affect the game and i'm i'm in favor of tooling with craig council a little bit so i I'm, I'm on mother nature's side when it comes to that yeah mother nature was trying to make them look bad with the dome the other day too just pouring rain out there in milwaukee and there's always a little bit of a leak in the roof there so that's always kind of funny to see on the broadcast beautiful beautiful ballpark yeah. yeah well it's funny you mentioned that too i was at the ballpark in 2001 team that i love so much it was pouring rain that night in milwaukee we were up in the euchre seats and there was water pouring down those poles those two big uh, support poles that may hold up part of the roof. And I just remember thinking I was sitting next to my dad, a civil engineer, and we're like, this is a brand new ballpark. That's probably not supposed to be happening. And sure enough, doesn't water's pouring seem in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem right, does it? The ballpark uh, yeah. matches the team. <laughs> 
Well, I thought it was cool, though, with your account as well, that even though they do play in the Dome in Milwaukee, you were tracking the radar and you were saying, hey, there's a storm system off west of the ballpark in the western suburbs there in Milwaukee or when the Cubs are home and there's a possibility of it coming in. So you've got, I think, a lot of your fan base, people that follow at Cubs weather that don't only benefit from that because of the Cubs game, but they're living in these suburbs and maybe they wouldn't otherwise be looking at things like radar and you're keeping people up to speed with some storms and this time of the year, it's top of mind because there's some crazy weather out there right now. Well, yeah, actually the reason I was tweeting about, I don't always tweet about the weather in Milwaukee when I already know they have the roof up, like whatever. I mean, it might be funny, but it's not going to affect the game. Yeah. But the reason I, the reason I was keeping an eye on it is because the tornado watch was just one County to the West. And we had just had that spin up tornado in Oak Brook. And I was like, okay, like maybe there's a chance of something getting like really weird. So I might as well like keep tweeting about it just in case. Cause like I, I've mentioned this, I think the first time I was on your podcast, but I really did start this account like with a severe weather kind of in mind living in Wrigleyville and my apartment opened up to the center field wall. Like I could see, uh, I could see the field from my apartment and uh, you know, kind of seeing a packed stadium and knowing that we're under the gun was enough for me to start the account. So I always sort of have that in the back of my mind. And, you know, I thought, yeah, I may as well keep an eye, even though it was 45, 50 degrees, it was chilly up there. But with the warm front moving up, I was like, yeah, I don't want anything to get weird on me. Better, better pay attention here. Yeah, we had that EF0 spin up uh, out by the airport. I mean, that's that's not nothing. That was that was a thing going on. And since that crossed into at least central Cook County, I got all the, the buzzing and the alerts on all of the devices, on TV, on phone. I'm like, what's going on? Is that coming for us? No, no. Stays in central Cook County. But yeah, you know, even when the Cubs aren't home, it's you do a great job of placing exactly where the severe weather is headed. And I can see whether I need to uh, head down to the garage or whether I can just stick my head out the window and watch it go by. Yeah. Yeah. I I try to I try to stay on top of severe weather. It's it's fun for me. And, uh, you know, I try to help people when I can. I have friends that were calling me kind of in the southwest suburbs hey am i cool here uh so you never know it's that time of year so definitely ears perked up whenever storms are moving in yeah for sure well we appreciate it and it's awesome that you know me not in the midwest i get jealous when you guys get rain showers i'm always texting randall anytime you know i get alerts for cook county weather still and it makes me jealous when they get severe thunderstorms and i see pictures of lightning over the city we just had the first snowless april in december in over 20 years and one of the driest aprils in the history of the month uh, in the in the april history let's say in the history of the state going back to the 1800s so I've been missing it, and it is nice to see that account, and especially when the Cubs are on the road or in Pittsburgh or something like that. I don't necessarily know what's going on in Pittsburgh day-to-day, but I know if I look at that account, I'll at least know if the game's starting on time or what impact is it going to have on the game. We see at Wrigley Field, wind blowing in versus wind blowing out, very different ballpark. It plays differently in July than it does in April, and all of that is nice leading up to first pitch, and I think it's good information. Yeah, I mean, we've been – 
we've been pretty lucky on the road. The Cubs have been pretty lucky on the road here uh, as of late weather-wise, which was nice. But yeah, it's it's fun to kind of get to know these different uh, weather markets, to, uh, hmm. really. Um, and because I, you know, living in Chicago, I just, I can really, I feel the pulse of like Wrigleyville weather. I, you know, I understand kind of the ebb and flow. I understand when you might get those sneaky lake days. Uh, like we've got a game coming up with the White Sox that is just like such a quintessential Chicago weather day. Like I can taste that exact <laughs> air mass, but it's, it's really fun to dig into all these different cities. And that's, that's kind of, you know, someone, I'm someone who likes, you know, has a lot of different interests. And so, you know, the kind of changeability of it is always really interesting to me. Um, but yeah, uh, we've had, we've had some wild stuff this year already with, uh, yeah, like I said, the snow and uh, these, these uh, changing game times that the Cubs have been doing on the 20th, they moved the game up to 530. Uh, which was just the exact, like, that's the exact window. Like they hit the exact two hour window because it rained hours and hours and hours. I think I tweeted at like two o'clock that afternoon, like, yeah, we're pretty socked in for a while. And uh, they put the game in the exact window where they could sneak it in. And I just thought that was so savvy and like very obviously well informed well they they lost that night so i'm not sure how savvy it was (laughs) well right right but at least they don't have to make it up which i know they get stressed you never you never want to have to make up a game against the rays there's just no good way to do that exactly exactly but and then the goofy game the 21st with the 21 runs i you know sometimes those like wind blowing out days don't really like verify as extra offense but it was kind of funny to see that verify with the 21 yeah. runs and, and, and zero for the opponent, yeah. which <laughs> is it's equally as insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, but uh, yeah. And then they, they pushed back on the 22nd, they pushed a day game back to a night game. And that, you know, went from a game with like, it was going to be under constant threat and maybe even multiple delays and they got a really clean game. And so like, they've really been a, to stay flexible with their scheduling which i i was curious about this i was kind of hoping you guys would talk about this but now i get the chance to just ask you uh i uh put out a poll on twitter uh and the question was you know the cubs have been really flexible with these game times lately like what do you think about that is this good like do we get more baseball and that's a good thing or does it mess with your schedule and kind of you know, if you had a ticket to that game, would you be upset? And overwhelmingly, 73% of people on Twitter uh, out of like 200 uh, said, this is good. This is more baseball for us. And uh, we're into this, which I was really surprised by. Just the way that people get upset about the weather. <laughs> I, I thought for sure that it would be lower than that. But I was curious what you guys thought. Like, how do you guys feel about these changeable game times and these last second like moves based on really good intel i I think it's cool but i just wondered what you guys thought i mean as someone who did not have a ticket to either of those games i'm good with it you know it's not like i make plans around watching cubs games a in general and b not this team so much um 
so you know not not having not, not not having the game be an essential part of the fabric of my day i'm like if you know if, if it helps them get the game in and like you said it's one less game they're going to have to make up down the line and who knows how that's going to play out i'm for it now if i'd had a ticket to either game i could really see myself being upset maybe uh, maybe understanding it maybe not being mad at anyone in general or anyone specifically just kind of unhappy in general. But, uh, you know, as someone who didn't have a ticket to either game, you know, do what you have to do to get the game in. They should play more Friday night games. And if you can blame it on Mother Nature and the city can't blame you for it, go ahead, do it. Yeah, I, 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 I've actually thought about this a little bit. And as someone who does tend to go to a decent amount of games a year, uh, at first I was like, well, if you have a ticket, you know, there's a time, it kind of throws your schedule in. Oh, but then I, I was thinking about more like, you know, if there's going to be rain at that time, why would I want to go sit during a rain delay? Like, you know, that's kind of the thing. It's like, well, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be spending two hours. I, I would rather if there, so maybe it makes it a little bit more of a hassle for me to get to the game. I don't know. I, I kind of don't want to sit around a wet Wrigley for two hours, to be honest, or an hour and a half. I mean, I've done that plenty of times. I've done it for concerts, for ball games. It's, you know, it, it gets a little monotonous. So I think overall, it is a good thing. I think you get more games in. You get, you know, as a just fan watching on TV, it's nice to, you know, to be out there. You know, I don't want to need to see so much rain delay programming is kind of the same thing at home. So I've thought about it, and I think, yeah, if it avoids more rain delays, I think that's a good thing. I think it comes with the territory. But I do want to say it is very impressive to me, to your point, Alex, a minute ago, how – good they are at seeing what a window is going to be and putting that time in the perfect spot to basically get as much baseball as you can in. And I feel like that's something for years baseball fans talked about. Why don't teams do this? And it was always about protecting those ticket sales. Well, individual ticket sales aren't as big of a deal as it was to owners even 10 or 20 years ago. And I think fan bases have to understand what you were saying there, Jeremy, that do you really want to sit out and soak and not get the game in? But it does feel bad for the Cubs fan a couple weeks ago that wanted to watch a Bulls playoff game. We don't get a lot of those these days. Your game now gets moved into that time slot. You've got to make the decision. Do I sit out at Wrigley and watch this Cubs team right now? Or do I eat my tickets, which you never want to do, to be able to watch a playoff basketball game? So there's a little bit of a mixed bag in there. But I think fans need to recognize tickets come with the territory. And if it's in the best window to maximize that game being played and it's reasonable, make a change. And in this case, with... Tampa Bay coming to town one time, you got to make that happen. The one thing that I do kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, does kind of surprise me is you would think those rain delays though would be kind of big money makers for the teams. Like, you know, people going to concession stands, going to buy things. So that is kind of, you know, maybe not, but maybe, maybe more people are avoiding going to games. So I don't know because then they know it's going to rain. So they end up getting more people. But uh, I, I, as I said, I think it's a good thing. And as you said, you know, I've had plenty of tickets that have had conflicts and where things like, oh, the Bears made the playoffs. Next thing you know, the Bears are playing. And I've had, well, obviously not the Bears made the playoffs, but the Cubs made the playoffs and it's against the Bears game, you know, whatever. Like, so, you know, conflicts come with the territory. I feel like it's new, though, that teams are actually doing this, right? Like, this yeah. hasn't, other than maybe a one-off over the last couple of years, what the Cubs have done this April has been maybe more progressive than what teams have done in the past. It seems that way. And when you said... You know, maybe when you mentioned ticket sales being a different weight in the equation, possibly, I wonder if this is almost an effect of 2020 and 2021, where they sort of had to go on without the fans. And it sort of was like, wait, we do have 
resources, we can figure out what this window for this game is going to be. We can be flexible and move this. And maybe like they learned that without 30,000 people in the stadium. I'm not sure, but even, um, even the other day when there was a delay uh, and they resumed the game at uh, 2.15, it was like they were going to, or I, I believe they started late. They, they did. Pushed. It was they delayed it by about 50 minutes to start yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I was like, yeah, this like I just felt like I haven't seen them be quite so like savvy with like I'm like, yes, that's exactly when this window opens. So they're they're definitely getting some really good advice and they're able to like execute it on like bravo to them. I, I think it's yeah. really cool. Well, I, I think, think the players oh, are behind it too. Um, the players are obviously creatures of habit and they want to have their structure that I'm sure changing game times irritates players a little bit on one level, but the payoff is the worst thing for the players. I think is you start a game, you get your body revved up, you're ready to go. And three innings in, you're sitting back in the clubhouse for an undetermined amount of time. And then maybe you got to get that body revved up again, two hours later in the middle of the night and start playing ball. So I would think that generally speaking, the players or more in favor of whatever it takes to not have stoppages in play, even if it means bumping up first pitch or certainly moving a game back. It's happened to poor Jorge Soler all those years ago. He thought he was getting Chinese food. It turned out to be just bread. <laughs> so we, we know Jorge Soler is a big fan of not sitting in the clubhouse any longer than he needs to. Otherwise, he's going to end up with just bread again. But Alex, I think you're right that um, I feel like the first time they did this, was either in 2020 or 2021. It was some year where they didn't have, you know, fans there or our full capacity. Cause I, I don't think this was, I mean, I do remember them doing this either last year or the year before. And I kind of, kind of got them into doing it. And like, maybe it was like once or twice they did it at that time, but I, I might've been 2020 when there were no fans there and it was just easy to move a game. Cause you know, it's going to be delayed. There's no fans. And so, yeah, I think this is a big impact of, you know, that pandemic season. The, the well, owners, the owners and the teams have determined that everything's easier without fans. It's not, not more, not more productive, not more uh, prolific, but easier without fans. They've decided they don't need us anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They'll take our money though. <laughs> All the times. All the times. Um, I believe last April was the first time either in a long time, maybe the first time ever the Cubs had no rain delays or rain outs at Wrigley Field in April. I believe they had one postponed. Okay. But I I looked back because I actually did look back before today as I was kind of looking back at this April. I think they may have had one postponement, hmm. but I don't remember a lot of issues. And it's been completely different this year, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, they've been able to, like, flex around all of it, which is wild. But they've had some okay days, too. Like, I was thinking about the Pirates series was pretty decent. And really the game of the month, I think, was the Sunday day game in Denver. Mm. Like that was the best weather of the whole month. And like that was definitely like my pick of the month for <laughs> best. Well, Ronan was there. Yeah. Yes. It, it was hot. Great. It was, it's <laughs> hot in the sun. It, that's the thing. And the, the seats that we got, I was before people that day. I did, that was the one day I didn't pick out the tickets myself. It was sort of the group decision. And I thought where we were sitting in the upper deck, first five innings we'd be in the sun, last four innings of the game, the, the shade from the 
small upper deck balcony roof, whatever you want to call it. I thought it would get to us, never got to us. So you're sitting there and that Colorado sun, there were maybe a combined half inning, the entire ball game where you got a little bit of cloud cover with the sun peak behind it. Otherwise you're just sitting there and you are baking. And I did what I thought I needed to do. I had sunscreen. I was hydrating along with the whiskey and uh, I was not in good shape. And then that night when I got home, I'm pretty sure I got COVID or at least that's when my COVID symptoms started. So that really compounded things for me. Great game. Cubs win. Nice to send them off with a W. I did not feel well as that day went on. And my memories of that day are a little bit different than yours. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so, you know, this may come into play coming up, not to give away the forecast, but uh, there, there's going to be some chilly games, I think, uh, this coming week. But some of those games, if you're in direct sunlight, it's going to be really, really nice. Uh you know, I'm thinking weekend Dodgers series, that would be like a bleachers weather for me, even though the thermometer is going to say, you know, 55 degrees, 56 degrees. If you're in the sunshine, that is a vibe and it's going to feel real nice out there. But yeah, it, in the in the sun this time of year, hot, period. If, but, if you're not if you're not a lizard, this is the time of year yeah. to do a day game in the bleachers. I can't, I can't do day games in the bleachers. Uh, I, I feel like I am being roasted and baked on all sides. Not, you know, I'm not, I'm not a mile high up like Ronan is. So it's, it's not as bad, but if you're going to do a day game in the bleachers, this is the time of year to do it. There's a good chance you got your cloud cover and that you don't end up being fried on both sides. And even if you are in sunlight, there's a good chance it may only be 50, 55 degrees. And even direct sunlight is not going to feel as bad as it could. So if you're one of these people who love sitting in the bleachers during the daytime, this is the time of year to do it. Because from here, it's going to get a lot more difficult. And for normal people, a lot less comfortable. I know some people are just completely cold blooded. They love sit sunning themselves in the bleachers, like lizards and turtles. I'm not one of those people. Alex, I, I know we kind of touched on this a little bit, but I was going to ask you, um, how did this past April kind of compare to like what would typically be seen for, you know, the Cubs and being in April, not just last year, but just like in general, like, was it more wet? Was it less wet? I, I, I was curious about this. Uh, it seemed like temperature wise in Chicago in general, it seemed pretty normal in the end. Uh, it was a little, it's been a little below maybe overall, but there have been some really warm days that kind of, erase a little bit of that debt um but this year just like last year we've been stuck with this western ridge and this eastern trough and it's pretty much thanks to la nina is one of the major driving factors of this pattern and we're in year two now of this la nina and essentially right now the atmosphere is just sort of repeating exactly what it did last year uh even in like I was talking to Andrew Pritchard uh, and Colin Davis, the other two guys that I run Cubs weather with, and we were always talking weather in our group text. And um, I told Andrew the other day, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm experiencing a thunderstorm that I saw like eight different times in New York City last spring, like at this exact time, like I feel like almost in like the exact same week, 
like the pattern feels really familiar and i think it's because we're in that year two la nina and so it's sort of rinse and repeat from last year right yeah ronan ronan being the big weather aficionado that he is he'll often ask me once the storms have passed through randall what if they turn around what if they come back to you? I, I imagine it has to feel like that, that the same storm is just caught in the same low pressure cycle and it just keeps coming at you time after time. Yeah, we're stuck in that Eastern trough just like last year and like having this extended chillier, slightly chillier spring and uh, starting to see, you know, articles in the local New York news. I mean, we get the same stuff you guys do. It's just a week or a couple, you know, day and day, day and a half later. But uh, yeah, like there's articles in the paper here that's like uh, uh, New Yorkers frustrated with frozen spring, like just there's like a little bit of angst uh, here in New York and I'm sure in Chicago too about these like longer springs that we've been having. But yeah, kind of stuck in this pattern. We're going to make some attempts at kind of kicking it out, but I'm not fully convinced it's gone for good yet. It's Last year, it stuck around until mid to late May, and I think we'll have brief, brief little runs, you know, like a three-game winning streak of, of warmer weather, but I think that ridge is going to come right back, but there are some good signs, and I looked this up for Ronan. It looks like there is going to be some, some rain and some precip in, into the Rockies and some of the more, like, eastern edge of the drought. Um over the next week or two as there's going to be like a big storm digging into Alaska, sends a trough, sends a ridge into the pack uh, coast. And then uh, there's going to be a kind of a battleground in the middle, lots of severe weather in the plains coming up in the next week and uh, some rain in there for Denver and the Rockies too, I think over the next week, 10 days. So there's a little relief coming, but I think, yeah, we're locked in this dry West, uh, wet east pattern for a while i think you could make a whole series of weather and baseball analogies you you know you compared these brief warm spells to like a three-game winning streak average temperature is a lot like your run differential it can be skewed by one really good game one really bad game and it skews your your averages you know if cooler weather is like a you know a team that's not very good not to name names or anything um you know and a warmer warmer weather is like a good team it's a lot like the Cubs. It stayed pretty cool right now, but occasionally you'll get a little bit of warmth and a little bit of a winning streak. So weather in baseball, is a lot more in common than you might, than we might think. Well, when the temp pops up above 70 here at beginning of next week, just think, uh Oh, my BABIP is a little too high. I'm about to crash here soon. <laughs> well, there's definitely a correlation there, Randall. I think you're onto something about if you are a baseball fan and you're watching your team every day, especially a team in a Northern city or northern state that doesn't play in a dome you kind of get locked into weather and you start to notice things like one of the distinct images in my head as a kid watching cubs games out west is why the hell are people in san francisco wearing winter coats on a night in july it didn't make sense they're in this weird orange ballpark everybody's got a winter coat on it's like oh that's what happens the fog rolls in it gets very humid it gets cold out there at night so i think that's a very cool thing about being a baseball fan and it certainly put weather on my radar so to speak at a young age and you know the uh, the optimistic among us and we always say oh the cubs are playing poorly because it's you know it's cold it's april it's early may when it warms up the team will get better there's a uh, an older ice cream parlor not not far from here it's in Wilmette. 
And I, I used to be in there pretty frequently, either for ice cream or buying dry ice for work. A very nice man uh, behind the counter. I come in wearing Cub stuff one day and he says to me, out of nowhere, he says, when the ivy starts to grow, the Cubs will put on a show. So, you know, there, there's this there's this all pervasive notion among certain elements of the van base that as soon as the weather warms up, the team will too. So, you know, there, there's no separating weather from baseball, no matter what time of year it is, as long as you play in a real ballpark and not one of these concrete airplane hangers with a retractable roof. Look at that 21-run game, Randall. That was a nice warm day. Very sunny, perfect. You know, weather heats up, bats heat up, man. Ball, ball don't lie, Jeremy. Ball don't lie. That is such a cinematic quote. I just imagine like this man in like an old time, like 50s ice cream parlor outfit, like just dropping this incredible poetic Cubs quote. (laughs) And then there's like some orchestral music that fades into like the L train and we're we're going into like the rookie of the year type. Hey, you know, this this place isn't that far from the purple line. You could make that work cinematically if you needed to. I have a question for you guys. Uh, Speaking of warmer weather. What is your ideal weather for a Cubs game? I'm going to go third on this one because I might have a little different answer than the other two. Okay. Well, I like day baseball. So how about I lead off here, Jeremy? I like day baseball. I My favorite weather is when I can put a pair of jeans on and a hoodie and I'm not sweating and I'm not cold and it's not too windy. Wind can be annoying. It gets you know, stuff in your eyes. It's just very irritating. So for me, Day baseball, Wrigley Field, about 70 degrees. Let's keep the humidity in check. Maybe below 50% would be nice out at Wrigley Field. That sounds good. And, and uh, a nice sunny day, too, because when you see the sun shining off that old video board or uh, scoreboard, the old scoreboard in center field, that thing is so cool to see. It's like a ship's mast up at the top of the ballpark. So 70 degrees, relatively low humidity, day baseball. That's my choice. I like that. Yeah, uh, that might be for me personally. I think that that you're going. I, I'll go with you on the jeans, but I'm not wearing the hoodie. Uh, so I, I'll probably go up a little bit. I'd say like, you know, 76, 77, a little high 70s, mid to high 70s. For me, nice sunny day. I'll agree with you there. You know, you want it. You want it open at day baseball at the ballpark. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not a fan of putting on the hoodie to go to the ballpark. So uh, I'll get a little more warm, but nothing too hot where and the sun's just beating down on you. And that that's that's no fun. I, I don't want that. All right. So my answer is going to come in a, a little different. Not that there's any substitute for that perfect 80 degree day, crystal blue skies and a, a nice breeze at Wrigley. Not that there's any substitute for a, a quality warm summer night at Wrigley. But my ideal weather is that mid to late September mm. at Wrigley, where you where you are, maybe it's 60 at game time. And then the temperatures start to really drop as the sun goes down. You get a great sunset with the clouds racing over the ballpark. I have gone two games solely because I looked at the, the cloud cover forecast and the temperature temperature forecast for that night. And I said, tonight's going to be a really cool, really crisp night to be at Wrigley. And it's even better if the Cubs are still in contention at that point. What's that like anymore? Where the Ivy's just starting to brown again a little bit. Maybe you've got some September call-ups playing because they've already clinched and, you know, you want to rest some guys. So I'll take that, that 55 to 60 degree cool, crisp, breezy night at Wrigley with the sunset clouds racing overhead and that, that perfect mid to late September conditions at Wrigley. So I'll take that. Are you wearing a jacket, Randall? I think that's a key I, I, question. I am wearing something with long sleeves. I can't verify like how many layers because we know I run warm. Um, it, you know, many multiple individuals have noted that I do underdress 
at the ballpark occasionally, both on this podcast and off this podcast. But yes, Jeremy, I am wearing long sleeves in this ideal scenario here. I, I like that. I, you know, we called those dazzlers last year, if you remember. I do. The, those, those crisp 55 to 65 degree night games, especially, man. I would say those are my those are my number two, and I have like a special place for those. I love a crisp night baseball game, especially drier air. I could take a little breeze, whatever. But my all time favorite. I love being at Wrigley Field. This is just the true weather geek in my brain. I love being at Wrigley Field on severe weather days. It's just yeah. like all of the things I love at once. And, uh, you know, sitting in the bleachers when you get the watch text on your phone, it's like, oh boy, (laughs) I get that little like storm chasing adrenaline knob moves up to like three. It's, it's a great feeling. So I'll go there just to be a little different, but I'm, I'm with you on those night games. I love that. We mentioned this the last time you were on with us. Uh, Ronan has had a storm chase him at Wrigley. Uh, on one that that one very fateful night in August of 2008. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild. I'll never forget it, but I'm with you. I I really like severe weather. And I'm not trying to make light of the fact that I know severe weather can lead to lots of problems. Not talking about that. I don't want it to ever impact anybody. But I love watching a storm roll in. I love watching it develop. Oh, yeah. I'm the guy in the friend group here in Colorado who was looking at the radar and saying, hey, we got 30 minutes, we got 20 minutes, this thing's going to hit us here. And other people are like, you know, what are you talking about? How, how do you know it's going to rain in 15 or 20 minutes? It's like, well, look, I, I promise it's coming here. I really like that. And to be at the ballpark when all of that happens, um, it's better if your team's in front comfortably, if the game's official and you kind of got it locked in. But it is very cool. The upper deck at Wrigley Field, where you can see Lake Michigan, you can see the whole north side of the city, and you can see some beautiful storms roll in from the west it's one of my favorite places to be in the summer and catching a storm there is kind of a rite of passage for cubs fans and if you haven't had that you've missed out on a unique wrigley experience if you see me leave the right field bleachers which is my typical stomping ground if you see me leave the right field bleachers at some point you've got about 15 minutes and i just beat you to murphy's basically (laughs) i love making that escape it's great fun you gotta get in there before the crowd get your seat at the bar and then wham it's a party it's great ronan you being the denverite uh, among the two chicago area people you're the one looking at our radar going is it storming by you yet is it storming yet tell me what the storm is like i need pictures we had a very dry April. I mean it. And last night we got about a quarter of an inch, which was about what we got in all of April. And so very nice to get it. I was excited. Heard a little bit of thunder last night. We do have a little bit of moisture in the forecast and that's good. And one of the things that I've probably been to a hundred ball games, I'd say at Coors Field since 2015, when I got out here, I think that's probably about the number or so. Uh, I can think of two rain delays in all of those games that I actually witnessed at the ballpark once when the Cubs were in town and once last year, the final regular season day game for the Rockies, a midweek day game. And we had about a 90 minute rain delay right in the middle of the ball game. But other than that, we don't get that excitement for the most part. And it's something that I miss. We have beautiful sunsets here in Denver. I'd put them up with any in baseball, but we don't get as much of that electric weather, at least not in recent years. Yeah. Uh, Just to shout out, because you mentioned storm chasing earlier, uh, this week, some of the best storm chasing footage of all time uh, was shot in a damaging tornado, unfortunately, uh, 
no no lives were lost at all which is a miracle and uh you know thoughts to everybody but some of the craziest tornado video you'll ever see from uh reed timmer uh if you look up reed timmer on uh, google or twitter um just amazing drone footage uh that's going to be used for a lot of tornado research coming up there's a lot of like stuff <laughs> with the specific vortex structure that's being looked at i mean it's a really wild video and a very powerful storm if you guys get a chance to check uh reed timmer's twitter out um he's been getting some awesome shots lately yeah he's been doing it for a while too that's one of those names that uh certainly twitter's maybe given him a platform in this digital era but prior to that you knew that name and you knew he was chasing storms there's a big community of that in eastern colorado they out in the plains oh, yeah. they get quite a bit of storms and uh, those folks go out, they take incredible pictures and video. What you can do with drones now, you never oh, yeah. could do before. It's amazing, that technology. Indeed. I got a question for you on the weather front here, and I hope I'm not opening up a bag of worms. There's a huge argument. I'm in a Colorado weather Discord server. So all these great weather nerds talking about the lack of storms and things that we get here. But somebody cited the Farmer's Almanac saying that it's supposed to be a wetter summer than what we've had in the past. Do you put any weight in the farmer's almanac? I think a lot of meteorologists have a problem with that, or maybe I'm projecting there. You're not projecting. It's, it's totally at random. It's not scientific at all. It's a lot of fun to read. It's something my parents used to pick up at the supermarket when I was a little kid. Like I remember seeing it in the nineties in small town, Indiana and you know, my par parents bringing it home and reading it and getting all excited about winter and whatever. But sure. it, it, yeah, you, you don't want to put too much weight. I mean, even a scientific forecast in the long range at this point only has so much skill, like you can maybe get above average or below average, right? Uh, in temperature or precip and, you know, but to like give specifics about what storm is going to hit when and and you know it, that's that's tough yeah but uh but yeah it, it it is cold in the winter and it's hot and humid in the summer and that's what they stick with and it, it tends to work out so yeah well it got heated in there uh some folks had <laughs> yeah. very strong opinions on whether or not to pay attention to that um anything else here maybe on the cubs front too or a couple weeks from the change here into summer anything maybe on a weather standpoint that we can be looking forward to or, or something worth keeping an eye on over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I would bet that as we get into May now, um, we've been in a really active storm track. And as the uh, warm sector or the warm, humid air mass, subtropical air mass off the Gulf of Mexico, as that keeps inching northward over time and that keeps getting drawn up and, you know, uh, enhanced by the increased sun angle and as we get into summer and, and get into the season change a little more thoroughly i think we're going to see a lot of severe weather in the middle of the country and i think that will eventually come to mean chicago including the tornado we already just had uh so i i think we'll see severe weather um shift a little bit northeastward over time uh, right, you're going to see a lot of planes action coming up here, um, but I think eventually, yeah, Chicago will, will be looking out for severe weather uh, as we kind of get into the tension of the season change, which we're kind of flirting with now, like we'll 
push up for a few days and then it'll crash right back down. But I think uh, once the, war the warm sector uh, is able to kind of really surge into the uh, Great Lakes part of the Midwest, I think you'll start to see that battleground set up a little more into Illinois. Um, so definitely we're going to be looking for storms. Um, I think also just in general, this pattern is probably going to give us above average precip. Um, all forecasts and indications look like that, um, the Climate Prediction Center, et cetera. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think in general, um, I think the first half of the month is probably going to stay a little cooler than average. I think we eventually overcome that. And I think in that transition toward the end of the month into true summer, uh, I think I think we'll probably have some some severe weather, what, which is normal. I mean, that's essentially just a persistence forecast with the little extra sprinkle of it's a little cooler to start. Um, but yeah, definitely going to start looking for more thunderstorms and above average precip overall, I think. Send some of that this way, please. And let's try and avoid rainouts and that crazy stuff at Wrigley Field. Um, certainly wish the best for people in terms of their safety, in terms of their property. Um, but I am excited for some light shows because it is incredible, the things that you see. And some of those photographers in Chicago in particular, there's too many to name. They put some stuff out at night and I, it gets me so homesick. It's like, oh man, I love the mountains. I do so much awesome stuff that's unique to this place, but I would kill for some of those awesome summer thunderstorms because oh, yeah. that, that's that been missing in Colorado the last few years. Yep, that's a great staple of Midwestern summer and definitely like, my wife and I were in LA for five years. And now that we're back in like a, a weather city, whenever, whenever the thunder rumbles, we're like, yeah, that reminds us of home. Like that's yeah. exactly the vibe. I know it. I know it. And I get excited when those alerts pop up and I text Randall and I say, Hey, you okay. Send me an all good. Make me make sure that you got through that storm. Okay. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm sitting here in the Northern suburbs and the storms are rolling through like Bolingbrook. I go, Ronan, Ronan, this is, these storms are an hour away from me. Okay, Randall, but what if, what, what if they take that direct turn north and really come after you? Ronan, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. I'll let you know. Well, I've seen it on the radar here in Colorado, and I don't think I've seen it anywhere else I've lived. So some storms or storm systems have moved in from the east or from the southeast and or north to south, things that we normally don't see a lot of in the Midwest. So it, that caught me off guard. Um, Alexander, what are the all appropriate social handles? Where can folks find you and your team and where's the best place to get you online? Yeah. Cubs weather is at Cubs weather, uh, on Twitter. That is our kind of only outlet. So, uh, if you don't have Twitter, you can just visit that website, twitter.com slash Cubs weather and check our forecast that way. Uh, or you can see, I, I don't tweet a ton of my own stuff, but I love to curate weather content, especially on big severe weather days. So I'll retweet, you know, a lot of my favorite uh, chaser photos of the day and, and things like that. So if you're into weather, I have a lot of that on my feed. It's at Alexander Hall. Awesome. Well, we appreciate your time here. Folks, give them a follow over on social and we will be watching, especially as these Cubs are playing these May games. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Great fun.